Yes, and hey, good morning to you. We're glad. Great crowd this morning. So glad that you guys are here. I just need to tell the praise team, the worship team, thank you so much for a great job today. Amen. I'm telling you. And, and Allison, and boy, whoo, shoot that thing. It's one of those days. It's just a shoot that thing day. It just kind of is. So amen. Hey, today we're going to start a brand new series about the Holy Spirit. And it's kind of like, I thought Judy you know, did a such great job of toy, telling about George and, how's that last name, Judy? Leal? Leal. And I just, I, I was amazed. I didn't, you know, she wrote the office and said, hey, can we talk about this guy? And I said, sure, you know. Didn't know the story, and as she told the story, and, and I should have heard both services, I was just amazed and blown away. This wonderful, deep legacy, a wonderful person that we as, as Baptists and as Christians, so many of us had never even heard the name. And that reminded me of our series that we're fixing to embark on. Not, not to the degree, because most of us have heard about the Holy Spirit but we really don't know a lot about the Holy Spirit. Um, I think that's probably because we as Baptists are often a little afraid of the Holy Spirit. I think it goes back to the days when the Pentecostal movement started, and you know we were just afraid of what that was all about. It's kind of like the Lord's Supper. Have you ever wondered why we do the Lord's Supper once a quarter? Well, that's because we would never want to be accused of being a Methodist or Episcopal pagan or a Catholic. That's why. My goodness, we would never think that we should do it every week because that would be wrong. And, and so today, as we embark on this series about um, the Holy Spirit, and it's only going to be three weeks, but I really, it's one of those times I just hope you'll uh, get your app out, your, your worship app out, and you version. And I'm not a note taker, so I can't tell you I would do that. But really, really, I just pray that you will um, embrace and remember some of the teaching. Now, it's an unusual title, um, Third Person, but not Third Place. And let me tell you the, the basis of the series. Um, sometime last fall, I think, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of you version, this app I'm talking about from Life Church. And I just think it's one of the best discipleship tools there is totally free, and it will help you in so many areas. 50 translations of the Bible, something fresh and new every day, and a zillion reading plans. You're going, oh, I'm just going through worry. Well, there's all these reading plans, five, six, seven days, about how, what the Bible says about worry, and about, and has a devotional with it. I'm telling you guys, listen, listen to your pastor. This is too easy not to do it. Too easy not to do it. So if we can help you get that downloaded on your on your on your smart device, uh, we want to do that. We really do. So anyway, last fall or so, um, I was you know looking for something a reading plan, and I just happened as far as I remember now. Judy may have pointed me. I don't know, but anyway, I ended up with this reading plan by Anne Graham Lotz. Now you probably can tell by the middle name. Uh, yes, she's related to Billy Graham. In fact. Uh, she's one of the daughters, the oldest daughter of Billy Graham, and um, a great teacher in her own right, just a real good teacher. And so anyway, so she had a reading plan called Jesus and Me. And I said, well, that's intriguing. And I knew it's about the Holy Spirit that said that. And so I read through it seven days long, and it just intrigued me. She, the way she said some things and the way she presented some things wow, I was going, oh my gosh, this is so big. And as a teacher, I just knew I wanted to share it with you guys. And so I probably, I know I've read it six or seven times. 
It's that kind of thing you read over again. You hear a little bit about her family, uh, but most of all, you hear about her um, interaction, her family's interaction um, with the Holy Spirit. One of the most intriguing things, I think, was this. Um, First off, she talked about how that, you know, her mom, her mama, she called mama, uh, her mama every morning would um, read scripture to the family and they would pray together. And, And she said, that really taught me to value, to appreciate and value the Bible. And then she said, my daddy, that's what she called him, Daddy Billy Graham, um, when he was home, he would lead us in devotions in the evening, and he would always read scripture, and then he would ask questions, ask us questions about what we had read. And that taught her to, to uh, value the knowledge of the Bible. So mom taught him to love the scripture, and then also, of course, in the evenings to, to know and to, to learn the Bible. But she said this, and this is really intriguing. This is Billy Graham's family. She said, we talked about Jesus all the time. But she said, I don't ever, in fact, she said, I'm pretty sure, I never remember us talking about the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? I never. Now, again, uh, Billy Graham started out Southern Baptist, uh, and he was, a, he was always a Baptist. You know, some people are confused. They're Baptists and don't know it. Um, but anyway, anyway, they were, you know, he was a Presbyterian. And kind of like I said, so many of the mainline Christian denominations really don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. And apparently, in the Graham home, that was also always true. Well, she said she was, um, she was teaching a Bible, a women's Bible study of about 500 ladies. And uh, it was a weekly thing that she would do. And she was studying John chapter 14. And just, you know, some things about the Holy Spirit just opened before her eyes. And she realized some of the things that she had missed in teaching. She even said, I sometimes felt like the blind leading the blind. So today, we're going to embark on a three-week journey, and we want to learn some things about the Holy Spirit. And again, I encourage you to go to your YouVersion app and, and get that app, get the uh, reading plan, uh, Jesus in Me by Ingram Lots. Well, you've probably heard this saying before. First, let me read our scripture. This is John 15. It's not a major player. Uh, well, it is actually. It's in one of the sermons. Um, but I will send you, okay, I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. This is Jesus speaking. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all things about me. And, you know, I was talking to um, Josh. Um, he would said, you know, he picked out the songs today. Um, and he, he was talking about how few songs there are purely about the Holy Spirit. And he's right. He's right. But here's what's amazing. You look at the New Testament, and the Holy Spirit is all over it. There's, it was one of those times when I had to pick and choose what scriptures to share with you over the next coming three weeks. There were just so many. So you've probably heard the saying, inside out. Something is inside out. You probably haven't heard outside in, and, and that's a big player in the next three weeks, particularly even today when we talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit, how that, that Jesus makes this incredible promise. He says, you know, I'm on the outside, but one day he will be inside in you, and I found that so very, very um, intriguing. So that's what we'll talk about today, the presence of the Holy Spirit and, honestly, who the Holy Spirit is. So let's do our starting point. There we go. Okay, so first off, 
The Holy Spirit is not an it or a thing. And that, if you've been around church a lot, that's just about how we talk about the Holy Spirit. It. It. Well, it's not an it. We're going to learn something that's far bigger than that. It's not just a thing. A thing. That Holy Spirit thing. It's not that. Um, it's, it's been described as a feeling, you know, and, and again, these are not necessarily bad. They're just ways people describe the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's, I've got that, I just feel the Spirit, whatever that means. I'm not sure what it means, but I just feel the Spirit. Um, and then, of course, if you've done anything in Christian merchandising, you know that when you see or talk about the Holy Spirit, it's always a dove involved. There's a dove coming down. And that, of course, comes from Jesus and his baptism. Um, when he was being baptized, the Spirit descended on him like a dove, like a dove. And so that's why you often see the Holy Spirit associated with a dove. And then, of course, flame, okay, Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, you know, the Holy Spirit descended like cloven tongues of fire on each person. So we see these, these flames and often refers to the Holy Spirit. And then, thanks to the good old King James Bible, okay, he's a ghost. He's a ghost because the translators of the, of the King James chose to translate that word from spirit, okay, as ghost. And that's where the term, largely, that's where the term Holy Ghost um, came from. That's where our friend Casper plays in, okay? And then emotion, emotion. Um, today, the Holy Spirit is uh, closely associated um, with emotion. Uh, we go to a service, and it's very electric. And, and again, we often associate um, emotion-filled with spirit-filled, but trust me, they're not the same. Um, people can be very emotional in their worship and definitely not be spirit-filled. But we associate emotion-filled with spirit-filled, and they're not the same thing. And then find the experience, uh, the ecstatic experience, the speaking in tongues and those kind of things. All those things are associated with the Holy Spirit. But who is he? Well, the Holy Spirit, plain and simple. This is, what I want, this is one of the big things I want you to take home away today. The Holy Spirit, plain and simple, is a person of the Godhead, a person, okay, of the Godhead. Once again, we often, whatever we think of the Holy Spirit, because of the word spirit, we don't think of him as a, a person of the Godhead. Now, you know, we do believe in a triune God, you know, three in one, okay, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all of them are persons um, of the Godhead. It's very important. We, we see this illustrated way back, way back in Genesis chapter uh, 1 and verse number 26. I've just got the first part of 26a. Now keep in mind, we are, we are at creation, okay? We're just, we're just a little bit into creation, but look what it says. Have you ever seen this before? This is so interesting. Long before, you know, there's no Bible, um, there's no New Testament, there's no teaching of a triune God, okay? You know, three in one. Look what it says. Then God said, let who? Let us. Let, isn't that amazing? Way back in Genesis 1, 26, there's, there's reference to a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit. There's an us, not a, not a he. Okay, it's very amazing. Let us make human beings in our image, plural again, um, to be like us, plural again. So it's really cool. You know, the idea and concept of a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, goes way, way back to creation and, of course, existed before that. But we find in Genesis 1-2 that clearly shows one of the first works of the Holy Spirit, okay? And, and we find it in Genesis 1-2. Look at what it says there. You know, the earth was formless and empty. Okay, this is before the earth was created. This is only two verses in. 
the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. That sounds like some of our lives, doesn't it? I thought about that, you know. But, but over this mess, over this mess, and just like over our mess sometime, um, the Spirit of God, and, and may, I, may I do this? May I suggest to help us today? May I say it without violating Scripture? May I say, and, the, uh, and God the Spirit? You know, that helps us clarify a little bit. But the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. That's the first evidence we have of, of not only the triune God, but two verses in, we got a direct reference to that person of the Holy Spirit. Very, very, very um, important. So, who then... Who, well, oh, I'm at, I took my power away from my, my introduction. I'm of my introduction. So, so what then, what then is the Holy Spirit? What is it? Okay? And that's the wrong question, isn't it? See, I gave it away. Okay? Because it's not what is the Holy Spirit. What is it? Okay? The right question is who? Who is the Holy Spirit? So you need to write that down. Because some of you really... And by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, when we had this mystical... And I hope I'm not being irreverent. You know, when you had this mystical spirit of... You know, we think of, of the Holy Spirit as this mystical thing, you know, cash for the ghost thing, that robs it of his power. And that's why I want to bring you home, that the Holy Spirit is a person. I want you to see that um, today, okay? So, so we have this... So we have this um, who he is, and he is the third person... In the Godhead. Write that down. He's the third person. Now, I like this. And this came from Anne Graham Lotz. Okay? Not because. He's third. Okay? You're like, you know, one, two, three, third place, third prize. You know, third place in the race gets you a little bit. No, it's none of that. Um, he's th- he is not third um, in, in, in significance, but because he is the third to be fully revealed in Scripture. Okay, are you going to write that down? He's not the third one because he's insignificant. He's third because he's the third to be revealed in Scripture. Let's talk about the teaching point. It makes it a little clear. Now, I'm going to point out these words to you because they're very important. Because if not, you're going to get mad at me. Okay? The Father is most fully revealed in the Old Testament. Okay? Note those words, most fully revealed. Because... Is the Father mentioned um, in the Gospels? Yes. Is the Father mentioned in the New Te- rest of the New Testament? Yes. So the key words there are most fully. So the Father is most fully revealed in the Old Testament. He's revealed in other places, but full, most fully revealed in the Old Testament. But then we know that the Son is most fully revealed. Is he revealed in the Old Testament? Did you know that? Sure is. Sure is. Jesus is all over the Old Testament. And is Jesus mentioned beyond, beyond the Gospels? Absolutely. But he's most fully revealed, okay, in the Gospels, okay? And then lastly, and that's even not a good phrase to use, we have the Holy Spirit, okay, is most fully revealed starting in the books of Acts with Pentecost, but really throughout the writings of Paul and John and Peter and the rest of the guys, okay? So, so this is why we think of, of the Holy Spirit as third, Okay, the third, but he's not third place, he's the third person. 
of the Holy of the Triune God. Okay, the Father mostly revealed in the Old Testament, the Son mostly revealed in the Gospels, and the Holy Spirit mostly revealed in Acts and in the rest of the um, epistles. Okay, so that's very 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 important. So what we want to do now is is we're going to jump off into John chapter 14, verse 15. Now, this seems totally like out of place. You would even say, well, Dwayne, you were, were you looking for filler? Well, since we were 15 minutes late getting out in first service, that's probably not true, okay? I didn't add this in, just add a scripture in, but it seemed important to Jesus, and I think if it's important to him, we should, um, we should probably talk about it. So in John chapter 14... 15, or excuse me, 15, 16, 17, he, he throws this out there, okay? So here's the scripture. Again, it's, if it's important, okay? You know, in verse 15, he says, if you love me, obey my commands. Now, now there's a couple reasons we need to talk about that. One, it's just important. It's just important. If we love Jesus, ain't Jesus lovers here? Yeah, if we love Jesus, okay, then we should keep his commands, Okay, there's, there's just this huge tie-in to how we should do that. And then, like I said, the reason we need to talk about it is because he ties it in with the promise of the Holy Spirit. So somehow, okay, Jesus says, hey, by the way, if you love me, you know, you need to keep my commands. Now, I illustrate this way in our next teaching point, okay? You know, like a picture, you know, is worth a thousand words. You know, my, my, you, my, saw my son, son-in-law, Blake, taking some shots here in worship. Uh, he's a photographer and video photographer, okay? And, and, you know, he has a great eye for photography, okay? And, you know, I could try to tell you about a beautiful sunrise, or I can show you a picture of a beautiful sunrise. I can tell you how beautiful my grandchild is, or I can show you a picture of my grandchild, Okay? A picture is worth a thousand words. Okay, okay. So, so in, in, in this case, actions are worth far more than a thousand I love you. I love you. Oh, we, we sing it and we talk about it. We love Jesus. We love Jesus. We love Jesus. We love Jesus. But the question is, based on uh, verse number 15, if you love me, keep my commands, you know, we understand that action really shows how much we love Jesus. Okay, so it's worth it. Now listen, oh, by the way, you know, Valentine's Day is, is coming up on Wednesday, and I'm probably going to mess this up. Okay, I'm just probably going to mess it up. You know, I tried to tell my wife a couple of things. One, I think she's very beautiful, and two, I love her. And I tell her that, and I tell her that, but sometimes you just need more than, and Valentine's Day is going to be one of them. Gee, I'm going to go ahead and apologize now, because I probably won't get it right. But, but, you know, Valentine's is one of those times, it's really great. Go ahead and tell your wife you love her, okay? You better go further than that. You may tell her, I love you 10 times, but trust me. And, you know, she tells you that's enough. She is lying to your face. Okay. You better get some candy, some flowers, take her out to eat, do something beyond I love you. And it's true with Jesus, too. Oh, it's nice to sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. And I think Jesus is saying, okay, you say you love me, you need to show that. They show that. Well, how did Jesus show his love? Well, Jesus showed his love on a Roman cross. Remember, I always tell you, if you ever want to know how much God loves you, just look at this. You know, a God that loved you so much, he allowed his son to be nailed to a Roman cross. That's how much he loves you. So Jesus showed his love on a cross, and then he invites us to do the same. Ah, he invites us 
to do the same. Remember uh, in Matthew chapter 24, I believe it is, you know, Jesus says it several, it's recorded in three different times in the Gospels. But, but he says, you know, if you want to be my disciple, you know who a disciple is? It's a follower, a follower of Jesus. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, then you got to do some things. You got to deny yourself. You got to put God first. You got to take up your cross, and that means to identify with Jesus, and you got to follow. Disciples follow. If you're not, if you say you're a disciple of Jesus and you're not following Jesus, I don't know what you are, but you're not a disciple. Okay? So he showed that. He invites us to that. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, listen to this. Paul writes and says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's not the cross. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I no longer live. The, you know, Paul used his uh, one name before he was saved, and that was Saul. And then he used Paul, his Roman name, after that. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So he says, if you love me, you know, keep my commands. Oh, oh and by the way, Jesus showed his love on a cross and invites us to do the very same. Okay, now, now, look at verse number 16. John 14, 16. Look at this, look at this. Do you see that little word there? And? So he says, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. And, see the tie-in? For some reason, this is important to Jesus. If you love me, keep my commands, and I'll do something. So there's apparently a tie-in there, okay? And? I will ask the Father, Jesus speaking, I will ask the Father, and he will give you, this is so important, and we're going to unpack this throughout the rest of the message. Uh, He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Now, there's a couple things here. First off is that word another, and we're going to talk about this in just a moment. So there's an advocate, and he's going to send another advocate. Anybody want to gander who the first advocate was? There's an advocate and another advocate. Who's the first advocate? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is the first advocate. And he said, and Jesus said, I'm like, he's going to, you know, you got this one. He's going to send you another one. But one of the major, oh, this is so good. One of the major differences of this other advocate is, is he will never leave. See, Jesus already told them, he said, listen, you know, in John 16, I'm, I'm going away, but I won't leave his orphans. I won't leave his orphans. In fact, he said, later on, he said, it's imperative that I leave. He made it clear he could not stick around. But the other advocate, the other advocate, and we're going to unpack that. The other advocate, what? Will never leave you. Oh, this is good. That means, you know, when the doctor says cancer, when, when your loved one dies, when the marriage is falling apart, when, when your life, students, when your life is just stinking, okay, mom and dad are making it really difficult on you, maybe somebody at school, there's bullying going on, when, you know, when life is so hard, Jesus says, I'm gonna, there's going to be another advocate, and he'll never leave you. Come on, that's what makes for an amen. That's what makes this God thing so cool. I mean, you know, if God, if God was like us or like our friends, you messed up and he's done with you. I'm going to write you off. I'm done with you, bud. God just doesn't do that. And, and God's not there for just the good times. He's there for the bad times too. When I fall flat on my face, he's still my father. I like that. He will never 
never leave you. And I think that's just, just so significant. All right, so let's break this down because this is so cool. Look at our teaching point. All right, the word advocate from that verse, the word advocate is the word paraclete. Now, again, if you're looking for a preacher who knows a lot of Greek, you might try down the road because I'm not one of them. I do, I do well just to do English. Okay, but this is one I happen to know, and I can actually pronounce it. Okay, the Greek word is parakletos, parakletos. Okay, and we translate it as paraclete, and here's what it means. And it means one of the same kind and one called alongside. Okay, so now let's back up. So we have this advocate. Okay, we have this advocate. All right, another advocate. Okay, another. Paracletos, okay, and what 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 was that? What's your Jesus saying? This other advocate will be one of the same kind, one of the same kind of what? One of the same kind like him. So so if you got if you get a vision of Jesus, get a vision of the Holy Spirit, and they look a lot alike. Okay, that's really important. Are you writing that down? It's so important. I mean, how many of y'all have ever said, "I would just have loved to walk the earth when Jesus did." i got a better idea. Jesus is walking with you now. He's in, he's not, you don't have to wish you were in that world. He's in, woo, he's in your world right now. He's in your mess. He's in your stuff. And he'll never leave you or forsake you. So one of the same kind and one called alongside. So, so just like one of the same kind of who? Like Jesus. And, but just like Jesus walked alongside. Can you imagine you know, Jesus walking down the road and there's his disciples and a crowd of people too are following along. How cool that would have been. Well, what the Bible teaches is, is this other parac- you know, this advocate, this paracletos, okay, walks beside you like Jesus would walk beside you. That just makes it more special. It just makes it more real. It makes it more personal. It's not a Casper the ghost floating around in the sky. It's just like Jesus. I just think, I think that's so wonderfully powerful. So in verse 17a, he makes it really clear. So if you love me, you know, if you love me, you obey my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and He's gonna send another comforter, okay? And He will never leave you. And then he falls up with this. Just, case, just so you're wondering, he is the Holy Spirit. This parakletos is the Holy Spirit. I love that. Who leads into all truth. So, so you've got this parakletos, one, one just like Jesus. Okay? Okay? And he leads into all truth. This may be stretching a little bit. I don't know. But it makes sense to me. When Jesus said he leads into all truth, what, was, what did Jesus say about being the truth? John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, And no one comes to the Father but by me. And so it appears when Jesus is saying this, that the Holy Spirit you know, leads unto all things Christ. In fact, the Bible teaches that, how the Holy Spirit is the great, oh, this is good, the great illuminator of Jesus. So, I'm, I'm going to say it now, and we'll get to the end in a minute. If you want to know what Jesus is like, where do you look? Well, the Word of God. But where do you look? The Holy Spirit. Another parakletos. One of the same kind. If you want to know what Jesus is like, you look at the Holy Spirit. If you want to know what the Holy Spirit's like, you look at Jesus. And that just makes it cool. Knowing that I've got this intimacy possible 
with Jesus Christ. I think that's amazing. Now listen, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. That's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. But I want to say this, you know, the Holy Spirit is a believer-exclusive offer. The only way you can have the Holy Spirit, listen, you can't have the Holy Spirit if all you got is religion. You, you can't have the Holy Spirit if all you are is a Baptist. But you have, you have the Holy Spirit if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, uh, uh, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, and this was in one of the songs we, we talked about, you know, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So don't let someone tell you, oh, well, you don't have the Holy Spirit because you haven't blank. There are some denominations out there. If you haven't spoken tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. I beg to pardon, that doesn't line up with the Bible. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not even saved. You're not even saved. Okay, so it's really, really cool. Let me read that verse to you again. Uh, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. It's very powerful, okay? So, so then in verse number 17b, you know, but you know him. Now he's talking to the disciples. You know him, okay? Because he lives with you now and later will be in you. This is big news. This is big news. Now, Jesus, of course, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's what he's talking about. He was filled with the Spirit. Oh, you know, he lives with you now. And people go, oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you're, you're the essence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But then he said this. Later, he will be in you. Ooh, that's even better. You know, imagine being a disciple of Jesus, and Jesus says, now, he's with you, but he's going to be in you. That, that's, just, that's just really big. That's just very, very important, okay? Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse number 11, okay, the Spirit of God, here's from that song, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead does what? Lives in you. Do you wonder why this is so significant? Are you wondering why this is so significant? okay. Do you understand that you can't live the Christian life? It's just not possible. Okay. Well, how do we, Dwayne, how, how do we live? How do we live the Christian life? By the power of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you, who is a paracletos, one like Jesus lives in you, and he is the power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And that's, and that's how you can live this Christian life. It's just so, so important. The Holy Spirit, again, is so much more than just uh, an option on the buy list, okay? You know, if you buy a car, I want this option, this option. Man, the Holy Spirit makes it all possible. It makes it all possible. Okay, we're going to close real quick. I don't even know where the clock didn't get reset, so we're cool. Um, <laughs> that means I could preach forever. Uh, so anyway, so yeah. So, so in this reading plan that I hope, again, Jesus and me, um, and Graham Lotz made, oh, about four points that were really significant, and I share those with you, and we're going to call it a day, okay? The first is this. Um, first, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit was another counselor. And I, the Bible made that clear, okay? Another a paracletos, one of the same type, one who walks alongside. The Spirit was another counselor. So if there was another counselor... Who's the first counselor? Jesus. See, it's very logical. It's very logical. If the Spirit is another one, who is the first? And it was Jesus Christ. And I wrote some things down, and we're going to talk about this. I think it's next week, a little bit more. Um, all these fit in with the Paracletos, okay? Um, you know, intercessor. Well, was Jesus an intercessor? 
Yeah. Was the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Um, was, was, was Jesus an advocate? Yeah. Was the Holy Spirit an advocate? Yeah. You know, was, was Jesus a comforter? Yes. Was the Holy Spirit a comforter? Yes. You know, was, was Jesus an encourager? Yes. Was the Holy Spirit an uh, encourager? Yes. Was Jesus a helper? Yes. Was the Holy Spirit a helper? Yes. So we're going to talk about that next week. The, the Holy Spirit, the Holy, it's just a wonderful thing, this parakletos, just like Jesus. Now, the second thing is this. And this, I write this stuff. I don't know if you know that or not. This one I messed up on, okay? Let me, let me retranslate this so it makes better sense. So, first off, the first problem is the word was. The Holy Spirit is not a was, it's an is. First mistake. So, the, the Spirit is a distinct person from Jesus. That makes absolutely no sense. Let's do it like this. The Spirit is a person distinct from Jesus. That makes sense, okay? So the Spirit is a person distinct from Jesus, but just like Him. I really want you to get this. I really want you to, get, I really want you to grab a hold of the idea and the concept that Jesus and the Holy Spirit, two persons of the Godhead, but alike. All that Jesus was, in the sense of a helper and counsel, all that, so is and was the Holy Spirit. And he's going to live, he does live, within you. John chapter 14, verse 9 is kind of a cool verse. Um, John 14, 9b, I think actually it is. Go ahead, Nance. No, did I not have that verse there? Yeah, you got it? Okay, good, great, thank you. Okay, in John 14, 9, look what Jesus said. Now, remember the story, it's kind of like with, you know, Philip goes, one of the apostle guys goes, hey, can you show us the Father? And Jesus said, like, Philip, I've been with you so long, you don't know that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, here it is. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So, so Jesus is saying, do you want to know what the Father looks like? You look at me. You look at me and you'll see the Father. And guess what? It's true. The same with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Again, if you want to know what the Holy Spirit looks like, you look at Jesus. You know what Jesus looks like? Look at the Holy Spirit. A distinct person, but alike. But alike. I love that. I love that a lot. Okay, the third truth is this, uh, teaching. Uh, the Spirit would come from the Father, and He did. And He did. Just as Jesus had come from the Father in human form, so the Spirit would come from the Father in spirit form. And that happened on the day of Pentecost. Okay? And the last thing is this. There we go, Nancy. There we go. Last, since Jesus was filled with the Spirit, they had been with the Spirit. So that's what he's teaching. He said, you know, he is with you, but will be in you. Just like I am filled with the Spirit, and I was with you, so now he's going to be in you. He would be in them. And that's just incredible. That is Jesus in me. So if you're saved today then you have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is like Jesus, like Jesus. And I'm the only one who thinks that's amazing. It sure is better to think of the Holy Spirit as some smoke in the air. When I start thinking about being a person, the third person of the Godhead, that is amazing. Well, let's close with a quick verse. What do you say? In, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, Paul's, you know, the Corinthian church, by the way, was really struggling. They were not a very uh, spiritual church, okay? But they say in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, 
Don't you realize, don't you know, he says, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So write that down. So Paul's acknowledging that the Holy Spirit lives within us, okay? And this body is the temple, okay? And look, and the Spirit, and the Spirit, where do we get the Spirit? Who lives in you and was given to you by God. How about that? Was given you by God. So your body is the temple. It lives in, he lives in you, okay? And, okay, it was given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself. If any man will come after me, he's got to do what? Deny himself. Take up his cross and follow. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. What was the high price? The death of his son on a cross. Okay? For God brought you with a high price, so you must honor, you must honor God with your body. Okay. So, so I want you to leave here today. We've always, a lot of us always thought, yeah, I know, when I go to a bad movie or when I go get drunk or whatever, I, I'm taking God with me. And that was so, that, that's true, but so shallow. What if you can imagine the Holy Spirit being just like Jesus and you're taking Jesus to see that film? Are you taking Jesus to the bar? Are you taking Jesus in the back seat on a Friday night? Ah, all of a sudden, if you're a Christ follower, that's a game changer. That's a game changer. So I want you to leave with the thought that you have the presence, not only just the Holy Spirit, but a Holy Spirit that's just like Jesus, a distinct person, but just like Jesus. And he will never, never, leave you. All right, would you bow your heads, please? Boy, y'all are good listeners today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're going to have our invitation time. I'll be standing down front. The altar is going to be open. If you'd like to pray about something that's on your heart, um, feel free to do that. If there's a decision you need to make, I'll be glad to help you with that today also. Um, let's, let's just pray. I'm going to pray and ask God to just fully reveal to us this wonderful pleasure of the Holy Spirit living with us. And God, I do exactly that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, person of the Godhead, living us. And thank you that we can look at Jesus and see that and know exactly what you're like. So thank you for that. It's such a privilege to know that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Now, Holy Spirit, I know you talk to folks about needs in their lives, decisions and the like. So I pray, Lord, that you'll just let folks know if there's something they need to pray about, uh, something they need to do in their lives. We'll trust you with that. And Jesus, I pray it in your precious name. Amen and amen.